Welcome to another episode of Astro Weekly, presented by How Now Mercurial Cow, and hosted by me, Tango Faye Batelli. This week, we are going to continue brutally murdering, slash lovingly deconstructing, my perfectionist with another episode of this podcast. This is the fifth installment of Astro Weekly. Yes, it is only the second podcast episode. And that's what I mean by destroying my inner perfectionist. Are you judging? Because I'm judging. Can we all stop judging? Why? why? Why did we think that this judging thing was what we should all really develop? <laughs> like, what if, like, what if we'd all developed compassion in place of, like, how great we are at judging things? Just, what a world. Anyway, this week covers the uh, lunar spring from the new moon in Taurus to the waxing quarter moon in Leo. Um, And I'm going to try out some new things and see if we can get a little bit better audio this week than last week. So thanks for joining. And here we go. Each episode of Astro Weekly covers the lunar ingresses for the week, other planetary ingresses, major aspects, uh, planetary stations, um, and we're only looking at the seven classical planets, which I might explain my reasoning for another day. Okay, so this week, like I said, is the lunar spring, ranging from the new moon in Taurus to the waxing quarter moon in Leo. This week, the moon has tea with all of the personal planets, just meaning she makes conjunctions. Um, So she's checking in with your uh, desire, your mindset, your drive. Um, And these are, you know, monthly meetings um, that she does. Not something super unique, but uh, yeah, just a nice inner (laughs) check-in. Which is especially what like new moons in general are all about. They're really helpful, energetic check-ins um what's happening is that the moon makes a conjunction to the sun where they occupy the same degree so they sort of blend and fuse functions um, symbolically so new moons are this auspicious monthly moment for checking in on the alignment of your inner meaning and your outer purpose and yeah, I wrote I wrote purpose, which I know is a really cheesy term, but I want you to try to look at what I'm pointing at and maybe not get caught up in the connotations. Um, we, uh, at least, I don't know, I'm American. In this modern culture, we get really caught up in the day-to-day push and pull, comings and goings kind of thing, um, which generally the moon rules. And getting you know, our mindset all locked up into these things, it can be really beneficial to have this regular check-in with a more overarching, light-shining, conscious-making type function, our sun, in order to update, you know, what we're doing, why we're doing it, where we're going, um, in order to update sort of in the direction of 
um, alignment. And without this loving attention, we can easily veer into a path of just survival mode um, or uh, like waking dead mode or just kind of like zombieing through life without these sort of intentional check-ins. And the new moon is just really nice for this. And, and this is also why new moons are often when folks set intentions, um, because these intentions are more likely to come from a place of your long-term desires, more likely to come from a place of your whole self rather than just the piece of you that is the loudest in that moment. Um, so yeah, and just like important, important note, <laughs> remember that astrology reflects, it reflects the shape of your bias or your reasoning, okay? It doesn't alter whether you approach life from a place of bias or reason. That is on you, my friend. That is part of your sovereignty that comes from self-responsibility, self-accountability, whatever fun term you want to throw there. So it's a new moon week. Cool. And now I'm just going to glaze over the lunar ingresses for the week. Um, I'll touch on the signs and moon mansions. And uh, if you want a little bit more information, you can see them all written out at hownowmercurialcow.com. Also, if people are interested, I can start saying more about the moon mansions. Um, but I'm not really sure. Yeah, there's a way I could fit way too much goddamn information into these things. So I'm not sure if I've trimmed it back too far. Uh, let me know. All right, this week begins today, the day I'm recording, Tuesday, the 11th of May. The moon is in Taurus all day. We begin in the fourth moon mansion of the follower until about 1215. Um, oh, but the new, the actual new moon um, is at right about at noon Pacific Standard Time at 21 degrees of Taurus. And then about 15 minutes later, the moon flips into the fifth moon mansion, um, the white spot. I don't know if I want to say the names of the mansions. I'm still figuring out how I would like to do this. Okay. Wednesday, the 12th of May, the moon is void for a couple hours from about, oh, for a couple minutes from about 520 to 540 a.m. You'll probably be asleep if you're in Pacific time. Um, and then at 540, the moon flips into Gemini. Later in the day after 2.30 p.m., the moon moves into the sixth moon mansion. On Thursday, the 13th of May, we're in Gemini all day. And after 4.30 p.m., the moon flips into the seventh moon mansion. Friday, the 14th of May, there's a void, of course, from about 3.50 in the morning to 6.30 in the evening. So Friday, the 14th of May, most of the day, the moon is void. And then in the evening, the moon flips into Cancer and the 8th moon mansion. And I'll just pause briefly um, to say that I don't... I don't usually account for every single void moon, especially um, like the one on Wednesday that's only for 20 minutes early in the morning. 
But this void on Friday is from like 4 a.m. to 6 p.m. That's basically the whole day. Um, so I'm going to consider that a really good like brainstorm day or like experimental day. Um, usually void moons, especially long ones like that, aren't great times for like starting a new thing or buying and like receiving a new thing or um again that is also something else I could go into more if people are curious of why we track void moons so that's Friday all day void moon and then we flip into cancer and the eighth mansion after 6 30 p.m Saturday the 15th of May we're in cancer all day uh, in the eighth mansion for most of the day and then after about 8 p.m we flip into the ninth moon mansion sunday the 16th of may we're still in cancer all day um we flip into the 10th moon mansion after 9 30 p.m and then from 11 20 p.m through the end of the day actually until 5 45 uh monday morning the moon is void so again for pacific time folks this is the middle of the night um but yeah <laughs> i'm having a weird day guys can you tell so monday the 17th of may we're void again from the beginning of day until about 5 45 a.m when the moon flips into leo um and then later that evening at 10 p.m we flip into the 11th moon mansion tuesday the 18th of may we're in leo all day and uh, we're in the 11th mansion most of the day, flipping into the 12th after about 10.15 p.m. And then we end this lunar week on the 19th of May, which is a Wednesday, uh, where we have the waxing quarter moon at 29 degrees of Leo at about noon. Um, and then right after the, the quarter moon, the moon is like the, the quarter moon that square is the final aspect she makes until she flips into virgo so the moon goes void from the quarter moon at noon to about 2 p.m when she flips into virgo and then later that evening at 9 45 p.m she flips into the 13th moon mansion so those are all the signs and mansions and voids for the week and uh, a couple things about the moon this week aside from that uh, all-day void on Friday. I also wanted to note that um, if you listened to last week's piece, I talked about how the moon and Mars were in mutual reception, especially when the, uh, when the moon was in Aries, and as Mars is in Cancer, and that means they're in each other's sign. And then this weekend, the moon will be in actual Cancer, so they will be conjunct by sign and like folks just really let yourself feel your feelings because if you don't this energy can get really petty <laughs> it's like trying to hold like water or slime in your hands or something if you don't just give it loving attention and pay attention to what's happening and you just try to grip it and move on it is going to fall through your fingers and you might just splat it all over the people around you so just you know just a warning um behavior is more prone to be swayed by emotions this week than usual and emotions are 
not easily expressed in this configuration, uh, meaning Mars and Cancer. Um, and therefore, as I said, they can come out sideways and maybe manipulative. So project to your journal, friends, <laughs> not your, uh, not to your partners or your friends. Um, as I have said before, and I will say again, conscious complaining is a zillion times more healthy than unconscious complaining and repression, which means just holding it all in, put together. So create yourself a healthy container for feeling your feelings um especially look for this uh energy phenomena whatever you want to call it happening in your cancer house and uh happening from a, like any natal planets that mars might be making a major aspect to um major aspects being a conjunction which is two planets in the same sign a sextile two signs apart a trine Oh, I'm going to get this wrong. Is that three? No, four signs apart. A square is three signs apart. And opposition is seven signs apart. Um, so yeah, Mars may not particularly enjoy being in the domicile of the moon, being in Cancer. And acting on decisions in the land of moodiness doesn't often make for super productive actions. Um... But this does sort of like heat up and bring attention to, if you allow it, to these maybe whiny, stagnant energies that really need to be felt through in order to be transmuted. And then you're not carrying it around anymore. Um, or else, you know, it can backfire in a shadowy way. And like I said earlier, with this sort of petty, uh, manipulative potential. So this week, will you weep? Or will you whine? <laughs> and that's what I have to say about the moon. We do have one really exciting planetary ingress this week. At least I'm excited about it. Because I'm in a bit of a, a funk. And Jupiter is moving into Pisces. Which oh, will hopefully be refreshing. Um, but it is moving in with a square. So let's... Let's just read what we got here, folks. So the planetary ingress this week is Jupiter moving into his domicile of Pisces. Huzzah! Spending about a year in each sign. Uh, it's been over a decade since Jupiter has thrown a Dionysian-level party in Pisces. However, keep in mind this is just a taste. Jupiter is sort of stopping by home to pick up some comfort items and relax and nourish and self-care before retrograding back into Aquarius from, uh, well, he'll be retrograde from mid-June through mid-October. Then he'll, you know, station direct again, and he won't actually go back into Pisces until around New Year's. So, Let's just focus on the present, and the present is that Jupiter is almost in Pisces, which hails luck and optimism and opportunity and good fortune. Just think of all the things that Jupiter in general represents of like wisdom and travel and knowledge and generosity and truth and spirituality and all these things. And this is where Jupiter is at home. This is where those things um have the most like ease of expression 
you'll even like you don't even have to try as hard you just stumble into them things might just naturally get a bit more mystical if you're open to it so that's fun a little like I don't want to be too optimistic because he does enter this new sign um with a square from the sun okay and usually the last aspect a planet makes before it flips into before it like ingresses into its next sign um says something about the quality of what that trip is going to be like um so jupiter is uh sort of waved goodbye hello into the next sign with a square from the sun so be on the lookout for excess for overdoing for um like a sort of ego ballooning possibility so wield your agency in a way that dodges this potential energetic hangover i believe in you <laughs> so yes okay this kicks off a preview as i said to jupiter's full journey through your piscean house next year but more importantly this is the wisdom archetype nourishing himself before going back to finish up whatever was started in your aquarius house <laughs> you know the place where saturn is still directing a major overhaul is it your fourth house too? Because it's mine. And by golly, like I would like a real home. Anyway, <laughs> my house of home is just like, yeah, yeah, it's been torn down and hopefully a new fun thing gets built. So my last comment here is just another way to think about this. We've got the planet of generosity, which has been in the cool, detached Aquarius with the planet of discipline, which is kind of like a really fun friend hanging out with their really responsible friend and they love them but like they've been hanging out for too long and the fun friend just like wants to go home and play video games for a hot minute maybe take a nice hot bath and then they can go hang out with a responsible friend again and finish the project <laughs> so this week features a shift uh of of jupiter who um the archetype of jupiter is this really background type energy it's not a personal planet it's more of a social planet um and he's shifting into this gushy embodied mystical pisces a place where his spiritual inclinations as i said have far more room to blossom than they do in the more um idea abstract structured space of aquarius and it kind of reminds me of the um, Verizon commercials of the can you hear me now guy um, but once Jupiter moves into Pisces he's sort of calling out can you feel me now can you feel me can you feel me now um, uh, which hopefully we will be able to better for a few months moving on to the major aspect this week uh, I'll just list the three main ones I that stood out to me was that Mercury makes a trine to Saturn, Venus makes a trine to Saturn, and as I mentioned, uh, the sun um, squares Jupiter. Maybe it's Jupiter squares the sun. I might actually have that one backwards, but doesn't matter for our purposes here. <laughs> Just stab the perfectionist. Okay, Mercury is in a strong trine with Saturn on the new moon. So this sort of imprints on the stamp of the whole week. 
and this is an excellent atmosphere for accomplishing written work or sort of foundation laying mental abstract type work. This transit also frees up like creative energy around boundary setting, uh, which, you know, we might need with that emotional sideways stuff I was talking about. <laughs> uh, so frees up creative energy around boundary setting, especially in combination with Venus also moving into a trine with Saturn. And Venus is the ruler of the new moon, so she's particularly prominent this week. The deepening and concentration offered by Saturn is available to these functions of relating and communicating. So just keep that in mind, um, that it's there, but it's also occurring in, this, in these um, detached, concept-oriented air signs. So... Um, and I, I never say detached as a negative thing. It's just like blah, blah, relative to um, like deeply embodied. Uh, it's just a different perspective. You, you notice you notice things and have blind spots that are different from each other. And it's good to sort of um, change your perspective a lot to see the full picture. So just, you know, things to account for. Um, and hopefully the sun that is still an earthy Taurus can sort of keep things grounded and practical. And then speaking of the sun, as I said, the sun moves into a square with Jupiter this week. And as I also mentioned, this can lend itself toward um, excess, overdoing, possibly exaggerated optimism. Um, but if you can remain balanced amidst this, uh, it's a great opportunity to see how you are allowing faith and or trust, whatever you want to call it, to function. How are you allowing trust to function in your life, in your aims, in your goals, in your purpose? That's the fun word I used at the beginning here. Um, is there trust functioning in your life, in your aims, in your goals, in your purpose? Anyway, so... That wraps it up for major aspects. I like to kind of keep that simple. I'm sure you could list 20 aspects happening this week. Um, but I like to focus on the big ones and not have too much information on my plate. Um, last thing is planetary stations. Nobody actually stations this week, but shortly after the moon enters Cancer on Friday the 14th of May, in the evening, I think it's like 6 or 7 p.m., uh, again, Pacific Standard Time. Um, shortly after that, Mercury is going to enter its shadow, which is um, sort of where it's going to traverse back over once it goes retrograde later this month. Um, so this weekend, it's hitting 16 degrees of Gemini. For the next couple of weeks, it's going to go all the way to 24 degrees. Once it hits 24 degrees on, oh my goodness, uh, do I remember off the top of my head? I think it's May 29th, either the 23rd or the 29th. Um, Gemini is going to retrograde all the way back to 16 degrees. So record any themes, themes or encounters of note in your Gemini house or planets between these degrees of Gemini 
or planets being majorly aspected between these degrees of Gemini, as this is what um, these, you know, themes are going to be looped back around on in June to be reviewed and or reworked by Mercury. Oh, I also wanted to note that Saturn uh, is and has been in her shadow zone from... Um, in the shadow zone oh yeah from later this month until mid-november where she'll be reviewing and reworking what she's been up to since february and this is a much larger time frame um you know mercury is a personal upfront planet zipping around uh the zodiac almost as fast as the sun where saturn is much farther back much slower um goes around the sun every do 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 tw like 27 to 30 years um, so the, the time frame is far more stretched out. It's a little trickier to follow her themes, but just keep in mind, um, that Saturn is a function which creates limitations, which we tend on the surface to not like, and we're like, this sucks, I hate it, but it really is for the sake of sturdying your foundations. Like Saturn is the deep, dark mother, the like dark feminine of you think you don't like her and then later you realize she saved your fucking life so you know fyi <laughs> so this could help you sort of scan where you're feeling restricted and you can look at like are, are you working with or against that current because even though you don't like it like if that thing is actually happening like are you are you making things worse because you might be so you know just just check <laughs> just do yourself some self-love and just check in with that um and that's mostly what i have to say for the week so wrapping up yeah so this is the week of new moon in taurus we've got some major aspects to saturn and so this week brings themes of security and stability to the surface in this airy mental oriented atmosphere where practicality is challenged by like shiny ideas and action can be mitigated by empathy possibly even like unchecked empathy that you're not like surface level aware of so my friends may patience and emotional intelligence be your guide this week <clears throat> oh i also want to mention that there are a lot of blind spots in the chart this week and when I say blind spots, I'm referring to semi-sextiles and quinsunks. Oh my gosh, have I ever said this word out loud? Quinsunks. Quinsunkses. Maybe I should just say inconjunct. I'm pretty sure those are the same terms. Inconjunct and quinsunks. <laughs> anyway, blind spots. What I mean by blind spots is um, being one sign apart. So like right next to each other um, or being six signs apart, which is less complicated than it sounds. You just look at the opposite sign, which is going to be seven signs apart. And then the two signs um, that are semi-sextile to that opposite, um, 
yeah, this is way easier to explain visually than auditorily, but hopefully you get me and uh, maybe everyone hears how terrible my iPhone charger is as it keeps beeping in the background. But so we've got a lot of blind spots in the chart this week um, and blind spots are neither directly challenging nor directly supportive, which is why I don't usually put them in the major aspects section is they're like not really actively getting our attention in either uh valence or polarity um but there if you look at how the chart is all smooshed on one side of the signs uh and you sort of know what you're looking for with blind spots you're like oh there's a lot of people not paying attention to what the other people are doing and you know like if you have a a business or an assembly line or a system where you're not all communicating like shit can go wrong (laughs) just to put it simply shit can go wrong so it's more like these functions aren't collaborating with each other we've got venus and mercury in gemini and they're chatting with saturn and aquarius Um, But they're also sort of oblivious to the more grounded and empathetic takes coming from the sun and Mars. It's it's there, but you have to use your own uh, will and attention to use it sort of thing. So for folks on autopilot, they might display more of their cognitive dissonance more blatantly this week. Like people who don't generally make a lot of sense might make even less sense this week. Um, And so on the flip side, self-awareness can make a big impact in how you show up this week. Yeah, that's what I have to say about blind spots. And then very, very lastly, for my practitioners of planetary magic, I just want to draw your attention to the fact that once Jupiter moves into Pisces, and especially those days when uh, the moon is in Cancer, you will have half the classical sky well dignified in their domiciles. Saturn is at home, Jupiter will be at home, Mercury is at home, and the moon, while she's in Cancer, will be at home. So if you're in the business of long and slow magical intention setting, FYI, the atmosphere is ripening. It is talisman season, my friends. And uh, again, I won't get into the, the nitty. I could write a whole book there. So we, we made it. We made it, you guys. This has been the fifth installment of Astro Weekly. And as usual, as I say here, my desire is for this series to be sort of the astrology resource I've been looking for. I want it to be an astrology resource that helps you as well. So do let me know what sort of information you would find supportive or inspiring in this sort of Lunar Weekly newsletter of sorts. You can also let me know what other sort of pieces of astrology you're curious to hear me unpack more about. I have been studying for a decade. I have way too much knowledge in my brain. Um, Totally willing to unpack it for you. note before I let you go for anyone any probably the neurodivergent among you still looping on what I said in the beginning about judgment I am specifically uh what I said about 
judgment uh, versus compassion, I am specifically talking about the trait. I'm not talking about discernment. Discernment is excellent. I'm talking about the pattern of uh, constantly projecting like moral judgment on everything, like everything good or bad. And then we like, and then things get uh, flattened down. We lose layers and nuance and all that fun stuff. I think discernment is great. I think nuance is excellent. I think uh, prioritizing judgment over compassion seems to not be working out. So have a lovely week.